Hi, this is Annie Fox for Family Confidential, Secrets of Successful Parenting. My guest today is Karen Deerwester. Karen is the owner of Family Time Coaching and Consulting and is a highly respected speaker and consultant for parents and educators. She is also the author of The Entitlement Free Child, Practical Tips to Guide You Through Today's Confusing Parenting Situations. Hi, Karen. Welcome to Family Confidential. Hello, Annie. Great to be here. Oh, I'm delighted that you made the time, and I'm excited about your book because um, it's called Entitlement Free Children, and man, I've got to let you know that in the area where I live and probably in every community, there are parents who are trying so hard to parent differently from the way they were parented that they want to be their kids' friends, which means in their minds that they can never say no to their child. They have absolutely no tolerance for a child's frustration, in which case kids get everything, and it's really hard for them to um, deal with life's frustrations, and they become entitled. So can you please tell me how you came about writing this book? Well, I came about writing it because, of course, there was this big reaction to this new world of entitlement children and entitlement families and millennials and all of that. And I said, wait, wait, wait. I was raised in the pre-entitlement world. I know I can't go back. And it was then that the Wall Street Journal wrote about blame it on Mr. Rogers. And I was like, no way. Wait a minute. I love Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. You have to love Mr. Rogers. So what happened is people started saying those feelings, that that discomfort, that I've got to be assertive and have my own voice was somehow taking the place of being respectful and responsible. And it never really was. What happened was the pre-entitlement world was the world where children should be seen and not and not heard. They shouldn't have a voice. They should never have a choice. They should not be able to identify their emotions, express their emotions, or bother anybody with those emotions. Then the pendulum swung back, but it wasn't Mr. Rogers. And what I know is that whole new entitlement world came out just as the early childhood community was naming developmentally appropriate practice. And it meant we should give children a voice and we should give them freedom of choice and expression. But the pendulum swung too far. And my, my opinion, just through observation, is that it's not just affluent communities that are experiencing it, though they do experience it very intensely because that whole race to nowhere um, and that pressure to be very, very perfect is now assaulting everyone. But it's also the Walmart culture. It's the culture of our times, which says that everybody, that it's me first, me first, me first. And if I don't take care of me, mine now, it's not going to be there for me. So we introduced a panic and a fear and a guilt and all kinds of other things, excuse me, into the parenting situation. That means that parents need a ton more support so that they can help children find their voice, understand their own hearts and feelings, but know they're part of something bigger than themselves. That's beautifully said. And I'm thinking that um, when kids are saying, I better grab this now or it might not be there later, that's coming from fear. And when parents um, kind of reinforce that, then parents might also be coming from fear. If we're pushing our children, your reference to the uh, the race to nowhere, the work of Denise, uh, the work of Denise Pope and, and the people down at Stanford, I know well and, and know that they've they've come up with this idea of turning the word success 
on its head. The idea that um, there's not enough for everyone, that we come from right. a place of scarcity now where there's intense competition. And so you better be elbowing your way and stepping on people yeah. versus being empathetic and compassionate. And then kids, wow. Yes. So what happens is then you get caught on the entitlement treadmill. Now you're just the rat chasing her own tail, but it's like, I have to get it. I have to get it. Or I have to be all things. And so you see children not being comfortable with their own creative expression, with their own interests, with families saying, this is who we are. And we are not everything to everyone. We are our own individuals as parents and as children. So that fear and that panic dominates everything. And of course, now we have a technology world that's, that's assaulting parents equally too, that no matter what choice you make, you are going to hurt your child in some way. So, so yeah. So what happens is, and I think it is the foundation of the moving into entitlement free is knowing that, you know what, as a parent, I can be perfectly imperfect. Um, and the quote that I have on everything I've ever written is perfect parents don't raise perfect children. Mm -hmm. They raise children who feel not good enough. Wow. That's perfect. So, and, and that's the entitlement panic. That's the entitlement that, oh my gosh, like if we don't do it all, if I don't join every club join every activity. I can't bear to have the quiet time, the bored time, mm -hmm. because it's all so precious. And then we lose what is truly precious, which is ourselves and, and our children. And as you and I know, time goes by really quickly and you can't get it back. Now, I think it's really interesting. I want to jump back on something you just said that has to do with kind of honoring the individual in who the parents are, you know, warts and all, and who the child are, strengths and limitations, all that stuff. But it seems to me then that there is a trap there that we're saying, well, um, I, I like my room messy. This is just who I am. So mom, yes. don't impose your standards on me. So yes. how do we get around that? If Perfect question. Yeah. Perfect question. But, but what we know, think about the pre-entitlement world. It was authoritarian parenting. It was parents saying, you have to do it my way. You have to have blind respect to my rules and, and you will be obedient. That Otherwise... gets you so far. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, I'm going to withhold privileges. I'm going to shame you. I'm going to do a million things that will be coercive to get your compliance. Right. And it may or may not work. With some children, it works, and they lose their voice completely. With some children, they will comply tentatively, and then you'll see them rebellious in other ways. Mm -hmm. And with other children, you'll find some middle-of-the-road compromise, minor acting out here and there. Right. So what happens is, and we know this with parenting. We know it whether you're with the children that I'm dominantly with, which is toddlers and preschoolers, which is it's a fine balance. Power struggles aren't among power players. Power struggles come from people who both feel powerless. Mm. So how do we give children age-appropriate power? How do we, and it, there's a collaboration there because we are walking on this balance beam. If I go too far this way, we're tipping into children rule the house and we, they have more power than is wise, than is mature, or than is sane for our, our families. If families are always frustrated, if families hate certain times of the day together, 
that's guaranteed to be a stressor that's a much higher price than you really want to pay when you have so many other choices. But if you tip the other way, then you have the old authoritarian parent that has the illusion of power and control. So let's go back to the room. Yeah, no, I think it's really interesting. What I love about the structure of your book, and I want to point that out, is that you have these everyday situations and you frame them through two different lenses. One is, you know, the entitlement lens and what you're hearing from their child and also what's behind it. Yes. And then... Because entitlement doesn't come from negligence. It doesn't come from from, from parents who are who are out to spoil their children. They're not coming from bratty kids. They're coming from parents who care deeply and are trying to find their way through. So I think we have to be really honest as parents to say, hmm, what's my heart motivation in this that makes me hesitant, fearful to own my own power in this relationship and not scary power? Just the the privilege of being a parent that says, I'm a grown-up, it's my house, I have some choices I can make, Um, I have something to contribute to this conversation, and I am here to lead, guide, Ah. steer. Now, that's that's really important because it's not just, hey, it's my house, which is true, of course, and I make the rules, but what we know about children is that when you give them too much authority and autonomy within the family, they go haywire because they know it's not where they belong. They are way above their pay grade. They're living in quicksand. They're living in, in, in hurricanes. They need some, somebody to throw them an anchor. And they need someone that says, I got your back on this. Mm-hmm. And so back to the room, how much matters? To some parents, it doesn't matter right. at all. Half the world probably doesn't make their own bed. I don't know. Half, Half the world the doesn't world... have its own room. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to the illusion of pri- the, the mistakes of privilege. Yeah, um, but for those, but for those of us in this world of, of this day and age. What we, how much really matters and, and is it worth those battles? And you have to decide. I mean, if you say to your child, you know what, this is really important to me. You know, I know you're a really great student. I know that you're responsible in a million ways, but I can't stand coming through this door and I don't want to be the laundry lady where you just throw that laundry out for me where I pick it up once a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it has to start with how do we make this work? Yeah, and there okay. is a collaboration I'm going to interrupt you for a second because let's get away from private room, private space. Okay. I want it the way I want it because it's my okay. room. And you said it was my room, mom. Um, more to the idea of cleaning up um, after dinner. I mean, this, this whole idea of common space that we are a family and um, the entitled kid just say, you know, call me when dinner's ready and I'm done and walk away. So, so let's, let's maybe talk a little bit more about sure. how to get that team spirit for a child who says, that doesn't look like fun. I'm not going to help. Okay. Don't start with the chores. Don't start with dinner. Don't start with obligations because we all resent that. If the first thing you say to me is, you know what? I need you to help. I'm going to be like, yes, sorry. No, thank you. Remember all those other things you need me to do? I'm overwhelmed. So think about how you start creating those relationships. I mean, and that's what we know about all of discipline right now is that it's relationship-based, it's emotion-based, it's about the connections because then I can start to care about 
your expectations, oh. your demands, and my obligations love, to like not that. to you as a person, but to this family. Mm-hmm. Because so you want to start, and I think that's that's why I can never give black and white parenting answers. It's going to be what matters to your family. Where are those connections? Are they at the dinner table? Are you sitting and listening to your child talk about their day, talk about their problems? Now again. We know even that's not simple. How are you there and available to catch your child or to sense when your child needs you to listen? You have to go. We have to go back to all of those ground foundational things before we can start asking for that cooperation and collaboration. And I I believe we started at 18 months so we can start those patterns. But yes, then we or we can start with, you know, a family meeting where we say, you know what? You don't, you're not so happy coming home. You don't like the expectations I have on you. You don't like the demands. I know you're working really hard on your schoolwork. How do we start to make our family a happy place? How do we start making this home a place of comfort, a place of humor? What are those family identity things that will draw your child back in? And that also means that the grown-ups around have to turn off all of their me, mine, now stuff yeah. that says, oh, that stuff is way more important than In- me listening to my the, child. Including the um, digital devices that you might Absolutely. bring to the table and let, allow yourself to be interrupted while you're having this family meeting. And at that moment, yes. you're saying, this thing, this text, this is more important than you. Right. So start with a way how start. I would I would recommend parents start by building the connections. Where do you do that? Do you do that maybe by cooking together? Mm -hmm. If you have a child that likes cooking or baking, can you do that by by joining into your child's world somewhere where they can go? Wow, that was fun. You're listening. You care. Mm -hmm. Um, And then start saying, okay, now I I need you to help me with some other things, too. There will I mean, mutual responsibility, mutual respect. I think that's the entitlement free trend because you're saying, let's go somewhere together that works for both of us. Yeah, I think your child doesn't want you to see what your children don't want us don't want parents to be stressed. Yeah, no, they're overwhelmed by stress. I parents. like the way you opened up this hypothetical family meeting conversation. It's like it's probably not fun for you to come home when what you're getting is my demands and um, being on your case about what you failed to do. I mean, you've been working hard at school and the last thing you need is someone else dumping on you. This, this makes perfect sense because when you can acknowledge that the, the emotional landscape of the family impacts all of us, it's not just me as the complaining parent because you're not doing enough. I, I get that it's not fun for you. And guess what, sweetheart? It's not fun for me to be on your case all the time. So That's where right. can That's we right. find the common ground? I love that. I think, I, you know, and what I love about it especially, you cannot have those conversations with an 18-month-old, but nor should you feel overwhelmed if your kid is now 14 and you haven't yet had this conversation. You can tap in at any point. Right. But you start small and you build up and, and you, and it, and because that's also the respect for your child that says you're a person. If, if we're going to move to entitlement free, if we're going to work towards mutual compassion, mutual kindness, empathy for one another's realities, then we start by listening and really appreciating who they are in our families. And it also means Going back to the individual, it goes back to remembering that each of your children are such individuals. So there is no blanket way of creating the, creating this one harmonious family right. by the book. Right. 
Wow. Okay. I, what I love about what you've just said is that there are a lot of entry points and a lot yes. of ways to massage this so that it works for your family. At least you can begin these conversations and you'll see where they end. The way I always say is that if you do nothing, nothing changes. And so this is the beginning to do something. And I I love that. We've got about a minute left, Karen, and I would love it if you would give our viewers and listeners an opportunity to find out where on the web they can learn more about your work. Thank you. Thank you. It's familytimeinc.com. And we also have a Facebook page that there's a link on the website as well as to Twitter. And I'm happy to share as many resources as I can find with parents because I think it's a really hard time to find supportive, nurturing resources for parents as well as um, the how-tos for the children. Excellent. Thank you so much for the great work that you do, Karen. I'm sure that you're, <laughs> you're a treasure to a lot of parents who need help. We all thank do. you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. This is Annie Fox for Family Confidential. To learn more about my work with tweens, teens, and their parents, visit AnnieFox.com. And check out my parenting book, Teaching Kids to Be Good People, Progressive Parenting for the 21st Century. And my latest book for tween girls, The Girls' Q&A Book on Friendship, 50 Ways to Fix a Friendship Without the Drama. And if you like this podcast, please rate us on iTunes. It helps other folks find the show. Family Confidential Podcast is produced by Electric Egg Plant creators of books and apps for parents, kids, tweens, and teens. And tune in next time when my guest will be Jessica Leahy. Jessica is the author of The Gift of Failure, How the Best Parents Learn to Let Go So Their Children Can Succeed. Until next time, happy parenting.